The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 117 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today, once again, I'm joined by the man who helped me to review Infinity War... Pat, how you doing? What's up? Hey, everybody. <laughs> yes, uh, once again, that there really wasn't anyone else that I could have brought in to review this one, which calls it Endgame. And first, you make it sound like I'm a second stringer. <laughs> uh, you said it, I didn't. <laughs> but yes, first and foremost, most important thing out of the way right now. Fucking spoilers. <laughs> there, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to be talking about all of Endgame. I know the spoiler ban will end either just after I put this episode out or just before I put the episode out. However, if you haven't seen Endgame by now, which I know a couple of people that they haven't been able to, don't listen to this episode <laughs> yet. <laughs> There you go, you have been thoroughly warned, and I'm sure I'll bring it up once or twice more before we actually get into it. So yes, uh... Someone will still get pissed, someone will still get angry, and someone will send... Uh, people are going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, they are, but that, that's people. Um, that is true. Alright, so... Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to get the nuts and bolts out of the way really quickly, and this isn't going to be the... Typical type of review because this isn't a typical film. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) typical film. What is this? What is is a typical? (laughs) Yes, uh, yes. uh, We'll get into uh, more of that in a bit. I think. Uh, So, here we go. Nuts and bolts for the podcast out of the way really quickly. You can find us through various social medias if you wish. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blokebusters. You can go to our website, blokebusters.com, which hopefully will be up to date as of the time of this episode coming out. I know I've said that before, and I'll say it again, goddammit. And uh, <laughs> you can email us at theblokes at blokebusters.com, or you can go to podbros.com and check us and many other podcasts out on there. Uh, you can also go to Patreon dot com slash blockbusters podcast if you want to help us out in a monetary way if you don't i fully understand money is tight these days but if you have a dollar or two spare if you can chuck it our way we will forever be in your debt so i the directors of this film for there were two they are the russo brothers anthony and joe the budget for this film was 356 million dollars and <laughs> ahem, the box office for this film, as of seven days from release, 
1,785,794,638 US dollars worldwide. And it Just is already <laughs> a tiny amount. It is already the fifth highest grossing film of all time, not adjusted for inflation. And this has been out a week. Like this <laughs> I think this film is going to do well, is what I'm saying. Are you sure? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I saw I saw a meme online a few days ago, and it's just a picture of the box office mojo thing where it's, you know, fastest to 100 million, fastest to 150, fastest to 200, fastest to 250, and so on and so forth. And then it's got um, Thanos standing there with the Endgame poster on his face, and he's standing over Tony that has the Star Wars Force Awakens logo on his face, and it's the line of "I hope they remember you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yep, this film is breaking records left and right. Um, that there's actually there is a Wikipedia page specifically for the box office records that have been set by Avengers Endgame. Are you serious? I am perfectly oh, serious. Yes. Oh man. So just just um. Just a little taste of it. Uh, possibly the most impressive is the fastest to $1.5 billion worldwide. It was previously set by Avengers Infinity War, which was 18 days. This thing managed it in eight. Eight days? <laughs> eight days. It shaved oh, 10 days off of that number. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my it, gosh. Yeah, and the, the fun thing as well, I was looking up the... Uh, the box office intake for it over the days and you see the first day the friday it took in domestically 157 million 461,000 and so on and then you look at uh, uh yesterday which was thursday for us and it only took in 21 and a half million however it is still the number one for that day at the box office <laughs> You want, would you like to have a guess as what the second film for Thursday the 2nd of May was, intake-wise, at the U.S. box office? Money-wise? Money-wise, yeah. Uh, how much they made on the second day? Well, <sighs> well, no, I didn't say... Um, like, so, Avengers Endgame on yesterday for us, Thursday the 2nd of May, it made... It made $21.5 million at the box office and was number one at the box office for that day. What film do you think was number two? Oh, that's out right now? Yeah. doesn't matter. They're all the, the, se- the second showing of the same film. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. yeah, it doesn't really matter. It was Captain Marvel. Oh, and really? So it, Marvel's still making tons of, of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and would you like to know how much Captain Marvel made at the box office on Thursday? <laughs> so, so this is this is bear in mind. Avengers Endgame made twenty one and a half million dollars. Captain Marvel, the number two domestically, made half a million dollars. Oh my god! So, and we're coming up on another weekend. So yeah, I I'm genuinely intrigued and almost. Frightened to see what numbers are going to come out of this film over the next few weeks. Oh man! <laughs> but yes, but so. it's it's rightly earned. 
you can't you can't say that this movie series did not earn this win. They yeah. put they they put their time in. They they really did. <laughs> oh man. But yes. Yeah, oh. So before we get into that, I think we need to uh, kind of start with. I, I think we should start with where we were at coming up to this film, because I I think that uh, why why we were gonna go in and watch it is as important as the fact that we did go. In and watch yeah. it. <laughs> Why do we go see films? Why do we do this? <laughs> hmm. Sit back and relax, folks, because this is going to be a psychoanalytical take on why you go to the cinema. Um, I get but, to use my degree, finally. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, man. Yes, yeah, so, so obviously we talked about Infinity War last year, and uh, we covered most of our thoughts back then but uh yeah since then we've had a few more films so going in to see this one where was your head at uh my head like i remember when i went to go see infinity war like i was just sitting there thinking like how could how are they going to balance this all how could they possibly get all this together like we've had a lot of ensemble films but this is every character coming together and now i come into this one thinking okay We've lost half the crew. What? Where? Where is this story gonna go? So I actually just went in with these assumptions of like, okay, I knew that Cap was, you know, our, our Chris Evans was leaving. Uh, you know, uh, what's uh, Pepper Potts actress name? Gwen. Uh, Gwen Paltrow. And uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. all said that they were out. So it's like, okay, they have to kill. This I really fully expected them to kill off every single main character in the movie, and that all the returning characters would be everyone that was clicked out. So like they would have to exchange their lives to bring the old crew back, and that's how we were going to move forward. So I wouldn't thinking everyone was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, all right, if, if everyone lives, then I'm a little more impressed than I expected. So that's where my headspace was. Is that. I'm just coming out of here thinking I'm going to be super, super sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough that I was able to find the time to see this on the Thursday that it came out. So I, I was happy enough that I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to get to see it. But then I was also trying to think, yeah, ah, I've heard so many rumors about what could possibly have been going to happen or you know if if they've reached the end of their thing but what are they going to do moving forward like there was all the talk of hey what if you have iron man retire and then he's going to end up kind of being almost a nick fury role but more behind the scenes or is thor going to be the one to uh you know ultimately redeem his near miss as it were with uh <laughs> with Thanos's head and it's just all of these things of oh is it going to be Captain Marvel's going to be the one to ultimately win the day uh, or send them back in time as was the prevailing theory for how they were going to try and undo the snap and going into it I was like you know I've heard all of these theories the Russo brothers explicitly came out and said no one had it right and <laughs> I was like you know what, I'm just not going to try not to worry about it, and I'm just going to 
go in and just kind of break myself for this big ending. I, I, I knew that all of these things were coming to a head and this was going to be the end of what we've seen so far. This is going to be the end of the era. So I, I sat down and prepared myself for that. I don't know so, if I did it well enough. But... <laughs> well, I do want to ask this, like, did you, since we're going to, well, and we're going to touch on the spoilers, and this is not mm. just, did you feel this movie was just going to set up more crap? Or did you feel like you were going to come away with a definitive ending? I I got the feeling going in that this film was going to be the end of a lot of stories. This was going to be the end of... Uh, there were going to be no more Iron Man films. There were going to be no more Captain America as Chris Evans films. There was going to be... Yeah. Like, I mean, there's probably never going to be a Hulk film unless there is... No, probably to, not. No. To sort that out somehow. Um, and I... I assumed that we probably wouldn't get any more from, uh, again, like the main crew, so Hawkeye and um, <clears throat> sorry, um, and Black Widow. And I just thought, well, we'll, we'll see how they wrap this up because mm-hmm. I, I figured they would. And they did. Uh, yeah. No, I, I fully expected them to pull the shenanigan of we're going to, pull one over you we're gonna have a bunch of tie-ins like there's gonna be the stories that are gonna keep going on and it was like all right like i'm used to the comic book logic like okay the story really never really ends yeah and technically this one does you know it doesn't end, but damn what an ending mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i was telling friends like if you truly have been following and you don't watch another marvel movie you don't you don't have to you could truly hop out why you would, I don't know. But like, if this is your ending, this is a damn well way to end it. End it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I, yeah, I, I don't know uh, exactly how we're going to jump into this, but I, I think I think here... We're, yeah, spo- spoilers again. Spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> At this point, we're just going to talk about the main talking points of this film. <laughs> so... So why why don't we let let's kind of go through the film sort of, but we're just going to go for like the the big moments or the big either the big things that shocked you the most or the things that you were most excited to see on screen. And I I will say uh, I was definitely not prepared for the cold open specifically. Because of my uh, situation the day I watched it, because my wife and daughter went to Disney World that day, and I was flying out the next day. So I was going to be without my wife and daughter for the first time since my daughter was born. And then Hawkeye's family gets entirely dusted. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think of someone like you. It probably felt devastating. that, That was... That was rough. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and and the odd thing is, like, if this film had come out three years ago, that scene would not have hit me like that. And this did. Like, it's just, I now, I fully understand what he lost that day. And well, you get why he became a psychopath. <laughs> mm-hmm, yes, I, I fully understand the, the Ronan, <laughs> the Ronan personality that just kicks in after that. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, opening two minutes of the film, you get to see Hawkeye's world 
destroyed. <laughs> and yeah, you just mildly rattled. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then though that that whole part of it though, like it just it it wasn't played up. It was just very silent. I, I like it because much like how the the last movie ended, it just just happens. And you, you're left in the confusion. Like, he has to put those pieces together, which makes it even more terrifying. Like, for the Avengers, they know what happened. He has no idea what's happening. Yeah. It's a, he is just doing some target practice with his daughter. There's a picnic about to happen, and then, nope. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I can't think of a better way to start the film. Because it's like, hey, just in case you've forgotten how Infinity War ended. Here's a gut punch for you. And Here's let's... some... Here, now go cry in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And now let's continue with the film. Uh, um... But, yeah, the the first 15 minutes of this film are so well done because you do get, you get that incredibly emotional cold open and then, you know, they're looking for Thanos and then they find him. And... <sighs> Uh, yeah, and of course he got, he got Captain Marvel saving Tony and Nebula, and then immediately here's Thanos, and they go to him and they dispatch Thanos. <laughs> it's it, but done. it's it's so well done because you're just like, okay, well, how are we how are we gonna get? Because you're thinking, oh man, they're ramping up to this huge fight, and it's just a silent interaction with him. Yeah, I mean he's. Uh, he's effectively knocked down by Captain Marvel and then just held in place by everyone. And As Thor chops his head off. Yeah. First he chops his hand off, then he chops his head off. It's just it's just a very like almost subdued uh ending to this guy that has been the big bad for so long. And you realise that the reason they found him was because they were following the energy signature of him using the stones and yeah he says he used the stone to destroy the stone but and this is the a point that i realized when i was thinking about it later in the film you find out that if the stones aren't there effectively time will just unravel um but the russo brothers have gone on record as stating that what he says is he reduced the stones to atoms so the stones still exist Technically, it's <laughs> just at an atomic level. I hope they don't, because I don't want them. I, I like the idea of the, you know, spoilers, but like we know these movies are going to continue. I like the idea that they're not coming back into play. They, they're too much of MacGuffin. Yeah, too I, much of MacGuffin. <laughs> I think what they've done is effectively said the stones are no longer usable. They are still there, so time will continue to exist, but no one can use them. So I, yeah. I think they have effectively taken them out of play without destroying the universe, which is uh, the best case scenario at this point. Uh, but yeah, and then it, it just, again, a quick cold five years later. Oh, man. Yeah, when they did that, uh, so I went and saw the movie with my girlfriend, and when that happened, I went, No! Way, I was so stunned by like reading five years later because I no one had told me I didn't got that spoil for me so I was like I did not see that coming. <laughs> Nothing like makes your gut fall more than like not only did the heroes lose in the last movie, they lose so hard that like okay we just have to move ahead. 
yeah you're just carrying on and yeah it's uh it was very well done as well just a slow reveal as it comes across the screen as it you get five years later and it's just masterfully done and again uh as as we said before just the weight of all of these films that came before are just kind of weighing on this film and each one of these beats is just kind of hitting you over the head of just how badly they lost and well at least until the mvp of the film arrives which is the rat (laughs) Uh, (laughs) true without the rat there would not be a movie yeah, and uh, and once again, it's kind of floating out there that the reason that this is the one the one version of them that wins is Stephen Strange saw that that rat was going to press that button, and all of the other ones, the rat didn't do that. That that set him on a, on the course for victory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, so unnamed rat, we salute you. Uh, but yeah, so being able to to get ant-man back and having him start to explain well time works differently in the quantum zone or the quantum realm or whichever one it is they were using quantum realm uh, I, I thought it was realm but then i yeah i said zone just in case uh but yeah how dare you get it wrong <laughs> <laughs> i know i i can feel the fingers on the keyboards already scream yell dissension <laughs> not real nerd get off the internet <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably not wrong, but uh, no. Here's the crazy part: I haven't heard a lot of like maliciousness at this movie. No. Well, yeah, not not that I was expecting it, but but I I thought I'd hear like at least some people saying like, oh, they had negative. I've yet I've yet to hear a negative review of this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. Sorry. So back back on the that five years later, <laughs> and no, the rat yeah. saves the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, um, it's something that again, when Scott Lang goes and finds his daughter, and she's five years older, and he's still, at, that's the point when he realizes that something's wrong, like something something's like very that. wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, he'd only been gone five hours for him, but it's been obviously five years. But they haven't told that us that, so like I'm still like figuring out like. I'm still going with the moment. It's like he just realized, like he's lost five. Not only did he lose five years of his life, now he has to deal with the reality of I probably lost my entire family. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. and that's the interesting thing as well because I don't think it's ever actually mentioned one way or the other if the other two members of his family are still alive or not. I don't think they. Yeah, no, they don't address it. But fact, remember, he's what? Yeah, they're not, but. So is so is she an adult then? She she's like seventeen or okay. something along those lines, I think. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, yeah. I'll get to her when we get to the, the discussion of future films and stuff. But I I like that. Um, you know what we established? Like, okay, every single character that came back to the movie, you know, had to deal with some massive consequence of the five year jump. I like yeah. I liked I like saying consequences, especially when it comes to stuff like this, like. There's how else do you even compare this? How else do you even comprehend of uh, when you've lost this hard? How else do you react? Going along with that as well, the the next thing that was definitely 
teased a lot and I think even Gwyneth Paltrow ended up technically spoiling it. Uh, we realized that uh, Tony Stark is a dad now. That was the next. Oh. And it was just uh, it. Yeah, he still has his family. There's so many others have lost it, but he's managed to. Well, to we'll get this. I would like to focus on like I loved his portrayal when they found him. Uh, emaciated. Because he's thinking, like, the whole time, like, they, they must have fixed it. They had to have fixed it. And he comes to the planet only to find that, like, he, not only did he, did he lose fighting Thanos, he's thinking, okay, I've got past space, maybe there's something. And he has to only realize the only thing I have left is is her. So, like, I feel like it sets up his character. Like, when he has a daughter and he's carried on with his life, it makes sense to me when he says, I'm not undoing the five years. The, yeah. I've, I've gained more than I've lost. Yeah, and yeah, I I fully get it. It's like he's mm-hmm. not willing to possibly lose what he has to fix it, at least mm-hmm. initially. Like he yeah, his world has become these two and living where he is and just just having the family that he never had and being able to be the dad. So yeah, and it it's interesting as well because uh, yeah, him in the film he he ends up. Just you know, solving time travel. And... Yeah, just just on on a evening night, you know, just like oh, I just happened to solve, you know, this amazing thing in a matter of a minute. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's, it I, I do like it is clear that he has been thinking of this for a long time. Like it, yeah, he has actually been working on it before they come to him and say, "Hey, we've got an idea, time travel." Uh, but yeah, it it never really hit him and the solution hasn't popped into his head until the others have turned up and uh, Scott Lang has had his say and and so it it was a fun and of course it was a fun scene because yeah kids swearing that's always fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it and it really did help to establish that this kid is obviously Tony's kid like it they're, yeah, they got just the right person to do it, just the right amount of she, right amount of cuteness. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, another fun thing as well that uh, I saw the whole "I love you" three thousand thing. Yeah, that came from Robert Downey Jr. and his kids because they say that to each other. Oh, and he mentioned that to the Russo brothers, and then they made it into the film. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. Because the Russo brothers don't go for heartstrings at all, do they? Yeah, no, no. Uh, Speaking of, actually, um, I think possibly the two biggest uh, moments of, uh, I'm pretty much just kind of, what the fuck? Like, mm. what? That's what you're going for? Are uh, two of the main characters and uh, where they've ended up um, after all this. Uh, so uh, the first one that we see being uh, Bruce Banner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Professor Hulk. Yes, Who dabs? Hulk. <laughs> he dabs. <laughs> so wrong, but so yeah. right. And it, it's so, so interesting to see that uh, what they've done with his character is they've effectively just made him the best of both worlds and he's come to reconcile who he is and what he is. And so he is just not quite fully hulked out Hulk. And he still has Bruce Banner's you know, mind and and well, voice, 
but he's just just a big green brute banner. <laughs> and, and well, they so- said that he's just uh, from what I read up about Professor Hulk. Uh, from what they the information they've leaked out was. He is as Hulk or strong as the regular Hulk. He doesn't get increasingly stronger when he gets angry. In fact, the uh, the angrier he gets, the more likely he'll lose control and turn back into Banner. Banner. Hmm. Uh, so like he'll actually like lose power. Now that's just something I was just reading from the notes, but uh, that would be interesting. Like okay, that you know, no longer is he angry Hulk. He just kind of depowers Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you actually get a, a fun moment a bit later in the film as well when they've gone back to New York. Yeah. And it's just oh. like, go on, hold out. Like, kick. <laughs> Punch. But it's the character that um, Ruffalo has been developing. It makes sense. Like, this this is the Hulk I was expecting. Like Because in Ragnarok, you started to see he became more comfortable with the idea of Hulk. And it's like, I wonder what happens if he had control. This is what I imagine if he had control all the time. He's like, yeah, just kind of kooky. Yeah, <laughs> and he it, makes it a fun Hulk. <laughs> yeah, he does. And then, of course, uh, yeah, smart Hulk and uh, Rocket go to find Thor, and as a reference, Kevin Smith in his kind of gushing review in quotation marks of Endgame that he put out on YouTube, that the balls that they had to make Thor fat. Fat Man Thor! And keep him that way the entire film. He doesn't get slim by the nope. end. The lightning doesn't change him back or anything like that. He is just heavy Thor for the entire... But you can't deny when he's heavy Thor during the final battle, he still looks pretty epic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the slightly tight outfit and everything, it's still, he's still <laughs> Thor, the god of lightning. Technically, but yeah. Uh, yeah, wielding two hammers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and uh, okay, we'll, we'll definitely touch on I that. Know, <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh gosh. But uh, but yeah, just having just having the goal to just be like, so all of you ladies that were thoroughly enjoying Chris Hemsworth's Thor <laughs> and, and just liking that, um, yeah. Now he's got a big, <laughs> quite the epic one as well. Although I can now proudly say that I have the body of Thor. So. I know, because uh, so when I went to the movie, uh, my girlfriend got dressed up as like a gender bent Doctor Strange. I came out of the movie, he's like, I know what I can cosplay now. I can be <laughs> Fat Man Thor. <laughs> I can be Thor finally, and it won't look weird. I know. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but yeah, and it and it just let Chris Hemsworth be funny, like which it, is his his best skill. Let him be funny. Yeah, and that that man is in he is insanely funny if you just let him be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even going back to the reboot in quotation marks, I guess, of Ghostbusters that they did with the female car, he was one of the two funniest things about that film. And it's just because he was just playing up the part of a complete idiot. But he did it <laughs> smartly. Like, like it, and it, he's just fantastic in that. He was brilliant at bringing the humor in Thor Ragnarok. And apparently the Russo brothers saw what Taika Waititi was doing with that 
and that informed how they wrote Thor in Infinity War and Endgame. So we can actually thank Taika Waititi for for the Thor that we got in Endgame. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, tr- trying to think of other kind of big shocking moments or like big shocking moments. I mean, in the beginning not, or at the end? Well, not necessarily shocking, just like the kind of the, the big talking points. Is, well, oh, okay, I, I know the next one. I, I, I know the next thing that needs commenting on, and that what? would be Captain America's buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's America's ass. Yeah, that is America's ass. <laughs> That's a great... I want that to be quoted everywhere. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be. <laughs> it's just... Uh, that was such. Uh... From Scott, I love that it was him. Like he still, I love that he like the characters, despite going through all the trauma, they were still pretty much still the characters that we knew. Like Scott Lang is still cracking one-liners. Yep, and and yeah, it's one of those things. And you can see as well the growth of the characters. Like the Captain America in you know, say even Avengers time, he's still a bit. You know, uptight. He's he's very black and white. There's not much to it there. But the Captain America that we know now, like he's able to have that self awareness mm-hmm. with that affirmation line. Just like that is America's ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> After he beats himself up. And, oh. and yeah, it's just and it, there really are too many just like little moments in this film. Well, <laughs> so, I hope like um. Like Black Widow's development, like they, 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 they build her up. It's like she, she's new Nick Fury. Yeah, she took upon herself to create the new Avengers, essentially that will still maintain the world's security. The fact that uh, Wakanda is still a nation, Rhodey is like overseeing uh, the, the planet. Groot or not Groot, uh, Rocket and Nebula are like the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it, it's it's so cool to see that they actually kind of made Black Widow the the new director, the new Fury, because realistically she would be Nick Fury's replacement. Like, if you actually think about it, there's no one else that knows as much as Fury does other than Black Widow. Yeah. She, like, she's, she's from that world. She knows how it works. So she would be ideal to run it. And, of course, she does. Uh, and... Well, talking about uh, uh, big moments, of course, uh, when they're going to get the stone from the past. And, uh, and okay, we're going to have to talk about time travel in the film just a little bit. Because, just, uh, just, just a minor component of the film. Just a smidgen. Um, so they take great care in this film to point out, look, time travel is A, weird, and B isn't just going to work the way it does in Back to the Future. And <gasps> it... <laughs> that is science, don't you dare, Doc. <laughs> no. But, Marty uh, McFly is always correct. <laughs> well, technically it would be Doc Brown. <laughs> Marty's uh-huh. just going along for the ride, really. Um, but yeah, it it's this thing of... I think they were trying to say, without saying it, it's like, look, we know time travel currently <laughs> doesn't exist. We know nobody has any idea how this works. This is just how we're going with it. Like, so you can run with it or not. And I think 
everyone I've been able to talk to about this film so far has just been like, yeah, okay. There's there was only two things in the like during the time travel shenanigans I'm truly like scratching my head on, but yeah. I can move past it just because of how how happy I was with how everything turned out. I was like, I can turn off my nerd brain for this. Well, all right. What are the two things that you were having trouble with then? Well, the the one thing I was having trouble with, like, okay, so Nebula shot her her younger self, mm-hmm. but yet her older self is not dead. But okay. someone, I, I, so I finally learned that um, every single timeline they went to, when they went and did their things, they actually created new timelines. Technically, yes. When they yes. when they went to their past, they go to their past, but mm-hmm. their interactions with it creates a new timeline. So anything that happens in that timeline from then on is a different one. But they yes. go back to their own timeline. So that that's how that kind of resolved itself so the yes the nebula from the past that come to their future is technically an alternate nebula so yes yeah. so and like the, the the thanos they fight is not the thanos we know this is a totally different thanos and... mm-hmm. yeah this is thanos like in full like i'm i'm doing this because it needs to be done and like without even the humility of having got the stones himself, yeah. like, this is just Thanos having just had the idea to get the stones. So yeah, this is uh, Thanos with literally nothing to lose and everything to gain. So yeah, most dangerous Thanos. Well, Thanos, who kn- I think what made him even more dangerous is the fact that he knew he won. Mm-hmm. Like no- nothing makes you more ballsy than to say like I won. I don't have to prove it. I here's a timeline where I won, and it was so devastating they had to come find me. Yeah, it's, uh... that that speaks. I think that speaks volumes to like, okay, come get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, trying to think. I think one of the best moments in this film, aside from the last like forty minutes, yeah, co- comes from uh, one of the times where. Cap uh, and Tony go back to the 70s, I think it is, to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, and Tony Stark ends up having a man-to-man conversation with his dad about being a dad. I know. And uh, it's just so, so well done. Some of the best writing in the entire film is in that scene. It is, uh, like technically, the whole film just slowed down so that Tony Stark could finally have a one-on-one conversation with his dad about life, which has never happened before. Yeah. And it's not happened in the films, and it's not happened in the timeline, because his dad died when he was so young, and so and he wasn't around much anyway. So being able to get that and... To get his closure. And yeah, realistically, if I'd been thinking properly critically, that should have been a little bit of a... A red flag at that point mm-hmm. like, they, like some of the some of the most closure anyone gets in the entire film happens in that bit right there and being a fan of the agent carter show myself we got jarvis <laughs> so someone needs to explain to me what what so so is this jarvis the that, same vision uh, uh okay so the jarvis that we see who is the jarvis from the TV show Agent Carter 
is <clears throat> the butler that like the butler and chauffeur that um that Tony Stark had when he was younger and then when his butler dies shortly after that Tony Stark creates the AI that he calls Jarvis so yeah. and then that's the Jarvis that turns into a vision so right. so yeah the reason in, the reason the AI is called Jarvis is because of that character gotcha yeah, I mean it's not yeah, it's not thoroughly um, like delved into but that's that's one thing that this film does fantastically as well it's like all of the things that if you're just like if you're fully paying attention or if you know a lot of the background law or if you know anything from this that or this like you can just take so much from so little in this film and that was that was one of them there now I think before we get into the, the final final act here did you expect that black widow would sacrifice herself for yes the you did did you well when, when they got the Vormir, i i i fully expected them to okay someone has to die now yeah. granted i did not expect them to like keep it so that no one was coming back i really thought that like when they said they would return the stones that she could come back. Like, I wondered if, like, you trade a soul for a soul, if, like, when Cap goes return it. I thought, like, when they went on the time platform, she was going to be right there. I really, really expected that. And then when she wasn't, I'm like, oh, oh, she's really dead, dead. Yeah. That's, they, I came to the conclusion that she was gone. Yeah, the the Russo brothers, have, again, they, they've mentioned explicitly that anyone that died so that someone could receive the soul stone they are gone there is no undoing that ever yeah so so original gamora is gone and black widow is gone so yeah it was and that whole fight between the two of them of like each wanting to sacrifice themselves so that they carry on that was that was brilliantly done and i you know, I actually was expecting that Hawkeye would be the one to to go, uh, just because he I could see him, especially in the headset he was in. I could see him of being, I'll give myself up so that you can help bring everyone back, including my family. So my family will live if I can sacrifice if I myself. And of course, Black Widow's like, no, no. you're an idiot. <laughs> you need to live as well so you can be with the family. Because realistically, Black Widow doesn't actually have a family uh, other than you know, work colleagues, basically. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so she was the logical choice there, and I think it was um, it was something where, at the very least, it kind of gives the naysayers a little bit of a see, like see <laughs> you know, consequence. Like this, this is the ultimate sacrifice to to save the planet and yeah. it's I, well i think of, at this point like no one i i appreciate because it finally like set the game like i you know with time travel you like you're easily going with like oh there's no consequence at this point i didn't think there was a consequence it wasn't until like when they got there and then like she was dead and he came back did i start to think like oh there there's even though we're trying to flip the switch our the characters we are in love with right now are could still die they fought, they said they said the tone like yeah characters could still die and we're not undoing that yeah if we can bring them back through the snap that's one thing but if they're dead they're not coming back yeah and it's it was it was interesting to 
to see that uh, the the cinema I was in, like at that moment when Black Widow dies, like you could hear from various people like you know, sharp intakes of breath, and it was clear that like, they were finally getting, like you know there there is a cost to this like. <laughs> It's not just going to be all neatly tied up in a bow at the very end, and nope. everyone's going to be fine. Like, that, nope, that's not going to happen in this film. So it, it was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, so to kind of bring it back to a slightly lighter side, um, one other lighter, one other fun thing we got was we got to see Thor talking with his mother for a bit. Oh, can I talk about this real quick? Like, I, I, what I appreciate about the time travel mechanic, it was essentially a giant love letter to the entire series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all this was. We just got a giant, like, a, a good third of the movie It's just a love letter to all the movies we've been experiencing so far. Got to go back on a highlights reel and even get to play with the the mythos. Like when Cap is standing in the in the elevator, we're thinking, oh, we're going to recreate that scene. And he goes, hail Hydra. Just that little moment just makes you smile because you're just like, oh, he's screwing them over. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, uh, the nod to the very, very controversial comics that came out oh, recently. <laughs> yeah, Nazi Cap. I finally got around to reading it and uh, it's unique. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yeah. I'll take your word for it. I don't think I'll be picking that particular one up. Yeah, so we got that and obviously touching on Thor the Dark World, most people tend to consider one of the worst films in the MCU, which even in and of <sighs> itself, saying like the worst film in the MC in the MCU is kinda of like saying that, yeah, oh it's yeah, it's the worst football team at the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, there's, there's still, it's still, a pre- still up there. It, it, I probably rank it as the weakest of all the films, but, <laughs> but, uh, as someone pointed out to me, uh, I think this kind of makes the, makes you look more fondly at that old movie. Cause it's like, look at this relationship that Thor has with his mom. Yeah. Like, Oh, you know what? I, Cause I really didn't feel like they established like when he, when his mom died in that film, I was like, I didn't really feel it. It's like, Oh, if I go back now, I'm going to feel really, really sad. Yeah, and I, yeah, just some more great acting by Hemsworth as well. Yeah. It's when his mom's like, you know, you're Thor, but you're not my Thor. And, he, he a, and she just... I, I'm totally from the future. <laughs> I know. I'm losing it, man. <laughs> like, again... Chris Hemsworth, he's just been, he's been, he's, him and Chris Pratt, man, are like probably the two funniest guys, which makes me, when we get to it, but like, I'm so excited to see what those two are going to do together. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, with that, we get Thor once again wielding Molinar, and yeah. we'll, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, with, with all of these, all of the stuff and uh, Loki getting away. So okay, do you think he's back? Because I, because given the time travel mechanic and that these are different timelines, I still think Loki's dead. Loki is dead in the timeline of the Avengers that we know. However, we do know that Disney is doing a TV show with Loki in it, and I think they're going to be doing that Loki. I think they're okay. going to be doing alternate Loki. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but 
it did feel like they had him just escape and there was no consequences. There was no follow-up from that. So I think that, aside from being, look, look, he's alive. You're good. <laughs> he's alive! Aside from having him be alive in an alternate timeline so everyone kind of gets a like, happy ending, like, oh, he isn't totally dead. Uh, I think that... He's that mostly is, dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting better. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, uh, that's going to be kind of the jumping in point for when they do the TV show. But, uh, yeah, I've forgotten where I was initially starting with that one. Uh, too many deviations because we're too distracted by how awesome this movie is. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, so with all of this, they, they get all the stones together and Hulk ends up getting the glove with all the stones on it and it it hurts him, but he is able to, to undo Still it. Step. And it's... it's it's a fun like minute that, <laughs> that, that minute when you realize they did the snap they undid it and you see that uh you see scott hawkeye's, looks at the birds <laughs> yeah scott's looking at the birds hawkeye's wife is calling him and yeah it's it's just a moment of we did it which is then very quickly undone by the arrival of oh <gasps> old timeline Thanos and from here on out this film is possibly the biggest fan service battle royale I have seen in anything and it is absolutely Dude, it pulls a Lord of the Rings in the movie in the movie. It pulls a full on Lord of the Rings. It does and the the rest of the the last third of this film is just glorious <laughs> it's astounding how much they put in it and what they were able to do because yet yeah, you have yeah, old timey Thanos is there and he is just so convinced that like, he'll be victorious that he just sits himself down and lets his lackeys go do the work and so you end up having a battle between Thor Iron Man and Captain America and <laughs> Thanos and it and it's epic. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so you have all of that happening. You have them trying to get the stone back to the time machine, which doesn't work, and so it, it all of this stuff that's going on. And yeah, and then you get one of the two biggest moments. Scratch Just that. One. Three biggest moments in the film. So yeah. So the first of three huge moments in this film. And that is when Thanos is beating the living shit out of the door. <laughs> and all of a sudden you see that you see Mjolnir just rising up, flying somewhere, and then knocking Thanos to the ground. And it's like, um, it's just like, well, it wasn't Thor that did that. And we finally see Cap wielding the hammer, and it's just that was wielding, mastering the hammer. Oh yes, like he's fully using it to to like to just the best way that you can do it. He's managing to use it with his shield. He's managing to summon the lightning around it. Like it's just, it's so thrilling and just. So satisfying 
to see that, and not only do you see that Captain America is now fully worthy of wielding the hammer, of basically being Thor, (laughs) but on top of that, Thor is perfectly behind that. Yeah. (laughs) And especially since he gets a little one now. Captain America can have the hammer. <laughs> uh, do I? You have no idea how hard my our audience laughed. Was like, no, you get the little hammer. I get the. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, oh. it's, it's just like this film was packed with moments like that, but this last part of the film, it just it's all coming together. And then even with even with Millenial, he's still his. Shield gets half broken and still stands before the throws and yeah and well done well done to the people that made the trailers because they they are putting so many things in it that are misdirects and so many just little things that are changed for instance the when we see him strapping that shield onto his arm in the film. He's strapping that broken shield on. Like he's yeah. He's seeing this wave come at him, and this is his last stand. And in the trailer, it's a full shield, so you yeah. have no idea when that happening. And so, yeah, beautifully done trailers. Again, just if everyone could learn from that, perfect. Um, I think they are. I think this is going to set the model for like so people don't get spoiled anymore. Because I know I I had nothing spoiled for me. I think no. Coming into that movie, knowing I had nothing spoiled for me, made me appreciate all the more things that, as I was connecting in my head more. I didn't. I had the one trailer in my head, and that's all I had. Yeah, and it's it was amazing as well just to see the whole community coming behind us and being like, you know, yeah, we're not going to. Well, and now there are people that have gone online as well, seen or done things, and there's one particular man in China that was beaten to a bloody pulp for walking out of the theatre and shouting spoilers out of the crowd. Are you serious? I am perfectly serious, yes. Oh, well, you're an idiot. Never thinking you can do that. Yep. and uh, oh. But, uh, but yeah, and I, I get the feeling that probably what happened was, like, yeah, whatever the Chinese equivalent of 999 or 911 was called, and people turn up and police investigation, like, like who did it? Like, you know, are there any witnesses? And everyone's there, like, no. No, no, didn't, didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that 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 moment when you see you see Caps just staring down this army, and then there's a crackle at the radio, and possibly the one of the best callbacks in the entire film with just that one single line on your left, on your left, <laughs> and yeah, that. I I think like even there's there's one other big thing that we'll touch on in a second that uh, I, I know people know it's coming, but that that just appearance of everyone. Yeah. Uh, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Is that everyone? Who else are you expecting? <laughs> and, and yeah, just just that finally. Not only just seeing everyone come together, but as well, we finally hear Cap say it. And, and it's, <laughs> not even something, it's not even something that I cared about hearing, but in that moment, sitting in the theater and him saying it, it was just like 
ultimate catharsis for everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right, we're good now. And and then it that leads to, as I said, the biggest and best battle royale I have ever seen in anything. <laughs> Everyone gets their moment. Everyone gets something that they do. Scarlet Witch almost rips Thanos to pieces. I know. <laughs> and and actually my favorite my favorite little moment from Thanos comes just after that because you know, he has the ship rain down fire onto the battleground and then it starts raining fire into space and everyone's like, you know, what are they firing at? And we know. We know what they're firing at. <laughs> and you see Carol Danvers come flying in and just, as we saw in Captain Marvel, just destroying the ship. Which, and, can we comment on? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I was going to say, just, and with that ship being destroyed and it starts to go down, and you see Thanos' expression. Yeah. <laughs> and it is one of, I mean, he's actually defeated a bit. This ship that he was going to take and fly away and just be triumphant in, and like, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, his ship is gone. There is, he's, he's now stuck there. And there's just that, like, he's not fully defeated, but he's deflated. And that's the first time you see that in any of these films. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so good to see. But what, what were you going to say? The thing that, a moment I didn't think was going to come into the movie, and I really, really appreciate them doing it, was the the scene focusing on all the female heroes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's just like uh, the common criticism I hear in these franchises that there's not enough female representation. Like the fact that they were able to squeeze in, like, look, we've had a bunch of strong women in this whole series. Now let's take a moment to just acknowledge how awesome they are. And like, it didn't feel unearned. It felt really, really awesome to just see that moment for the, like, man, like, we have had a lot of really cool, strong female protagonists show up in this series, and really, they got to have their moment to shine like this. It didn't feel forced, in my opinion. It felt pretty natural. Like, they set it up to be a good joke, while at the same time, like, look at how awesome this is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just that line, like, she's got help, and you find Yeah. <laughs> you just get to see... The obviously without Black Widow, but you get to see the whole range of just and every single one of them, just strong female characters from this series are just together, just being like it's almost you know, pardon the language, folks, but it's almost just a fuck you to everyone that's just being like, yeah, oh, well, you know, all there's all these men. There's barely anybody. It doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> this this is the sort of stuff that like we want to see more. Of. This is the stuff that I'm glad to see is really gaining traction now. It's like yeah, and of course, Carol Danvers or Captain Marvel <laughs> is without a doubt the strongest of everyone. Like it, Thanos needs the power of the Power Stone to, to hold her hurt off. her. Like it's it's astonishing that I yeah I'm glad that we're at the point now where it's just like this is just a thing. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not now seen as 
oh wow it's really special a female superhero it's just yeah like, whatever like you know it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're male or female at this point it's just superhero superheroing like, <laughs> uh, but yeah and all all of this all of this build up everything that's come before this and everything that just leads up to this final fight and this final moment between the two like the main antagonist and you could argue the main protagonist from this entire series and you Thanos gets the glove and goes to snap and he does but nothing happens <laughs> because Iron Man has done his thing and using all of his nanotech because it's always nanotech with Iron Man isn't it but uh, that line I am Iron Man <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's actually something that I found out that almost wasn't in the film. What? Why? They they didn't have him saying anything at that point. Until, no. Until they were getting close to filming it, and they were like, you know what, we can't... Like, Iron Man would have something to say, and then one of the people who had been writers for most of the film just came out and said, what if he said, I am Iron Man? And they were like, that's in, and that was the day before they filmed it. <laughs> so like, they they got it all together and they filmed him doing it and it just just that line and you know what's going to happen when he snaps like you, you know it's going to be the end of Thanos and you know he's not coming back from it but no but it was a a unique no uh, not, when I say unique not in a bad way but just how like Thanos just sits there he knows he's lost and he's not going to fight he's not going to Give a retort. He just accepts what has just happened. Yeah, uh, he yeah he knows it. It's like he he is utterly defeated mm-hmm. at that point. Like he, he was he was shaken before, but this is this is Thanos when he realizes he's done. <laughs> and you know you can you can say what you like about uh, the character and his motivations and stuff, but uh, you yeah, know, he's a graceful loser. Yeah, he's just like, no, what? All right, I lost. I'll, I'll just take my seat here and uh, uh, I'll fade away. Yeah, and and then yeah, like the the death scene for Tony Stark was oh. So I mean, of course you had you had Peter coming up to him and yeah, give the one final hug. This is good. This is trying, good. Trying to tell him that yeah, you did it. We're done. It, you saved it and. And then Pepper coming over and just kind of Pepper, yeah. Just and yeah, I know, I know a lot of people who didn't care for the character of Pepper, and uh, and I personally didn't mind that she wasn't in it much outside of uh, what we did see her in in the Iron Man films and in Infinity War. But uh, even so, I I felt she she was kind of kind of perfect in this film like she was exactly well i love what she said though she didn't try to say there was unspoken of saying i love you all that but she just gave him the peace he wanted at that one moment it's like you did you can rest she didn't say you know you did like peter saying you did good all that, but she knew what he wanted to hear he's like you can rest now it's over you okay. uh, just that, that choice of wording she chose to be strong for him so that he could die at peace and uh, and yeah, and then as as the film finishes, it really was oh. just 
it was just again just more it was more fan service and the probably the most fitting send off to some of these characters you could possibly do. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also uh, characters that I'm sure a lot of people were just like, who the hell was that? Just this one kid standing there at the funeral. Oh yeah. I asked that too and then Liz told me he's like, Don't you remember Iron Man Three? I'm like, that kid? Mm-hmm. And that that was the same actor that played the kid originally. So they uh, they really did get everyone back for this. So, uh, so apparently it took them forever just to film that one scene. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, was it? It was. Uh, was it Anthony Mackie? I think it was. Uh, I think it was Anthony Mackie. Um, he didn't know. Oh no! It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was Bucky. Uh, to go, um, Sebastian Stan. He didn't know they were filming a funeral. He thought they were filming a wedding. Oh! <laughs> so, like, they, they really didn't tell people anything they didn't need to know. So, Especially Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just don't tell that kid anything. <laughs> but, I love it watching interviews with him and... Uh... And uh, Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch, do yeah. that guy. I can't help but laugh every time. He's like, "And I'll take over from here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, got this, I got this. I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah, they really did send him out with a babysitter. Which one? Um, That's what they did. Because like I, I listened to this uh, thing. Like they specifically paired uh, different actors who they knew, like who are are enthusiastic, but they paired them with the ones who knew uh, could hold their tongues. <laughs> Yeah. So they were very specific about who they paired people up with. Yeah, well, I mean, especially Tom Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo. I know. Like, they're just they're so notoriously bad at keeping things a secret. Like, if you actually if you actually go and look for it, Mark Ruffalo has spoiled the past three <laughs> films that he's been in. He's He technically spoiled... Endgame, uh, that there's an interview where he technically does spoil something from it. He spoiled Infinity War, uh, in an interview where he talks about, it, like, yeah, yeah, half of it, yeah, half of us are dead, was on it, and it sounds like a throwaway line in the interview. But he's like, no, we're we're half but, dead. But it's it, true, and he also spoiled something in, uh, I think from Age of Ultron. Oh no, he spoiled something from Thor Ragnarok, but I can't remember what it was, but. Like it was something that after the film came out, everyone was just like, wow, he actually gave us a spoiler and no one believed him. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't know if it's like he's kind of doing a long play and now anything that he's in in future, he can say whatever he wants and everyone's going to think it's a spoiler. Um, but then you've got Tom Holland, who genuinely just is terrible at keeping he's just any a fanboy. secret. He is. Like, <laughs> he, he spoiled the fact that... Uh, uh, he's signed on for uh, four Spider-Man appearances. Um, <laughs> no, five, technically, because uh, he mentioned Spider-Man 2, or the second Spider-Man film, and then a third one. And the interviewer said, well, we've only had confirmation for the second one, so thanks for the <laughs> exclusive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh! <laughs> yeah, and then that, that one where there was a, a fake headline of 
Tom Holland accidentally streams the first eight minutes of Endgame and then he responds to it saying, I genuinely had a heart attack because I thought I had done that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Like, they, made, they made a fantastic choice at picking Tom Holland to be Spider-Man and they made a terrible choice at picking Tom Holland to be in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil things. Okay, but by the way... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, and the, the final thing from the film, of course, that everyone, just, like, of course, this happened, and Cap got his happy ending. Do, the, and it, he, oh, he got can I talk about this real quick? Go ahead. Me and my sister, like, my sister has not really enjoyed a lot of the Marvel movies. Right. The one thing that she and I have bonded over with these movies is that every single time I go to see the movies... Uh, and it involves Cap. She always asked me, "Did did Cap get his dance?" She always asked me that at, at every single movie. And after Civil War, nothing made me more sad than to tell her he did not get his dance. Right. He will never get his dance. And the fact that I came out of this movie and I told Laura, "I can't tell you, I can't tell you any spoilers, but if you want to smile, you have to watch all the way to. The, you have to get to the end of the newest movie so that you can know that our dreams came true." <laughs> so like the him the way so for me I can go never watch another Marvel movie again or at least another cat movie again because I got what I wanted I wanted to see the two dance and what a way to end it though yeah and um, yeah just uh, just a, a wonderful ending for Captain America as well because um, yeah. obviously Iron Man got to go out doing what he wanted to do when he first became Iron Man, that like he wanted to save the world. And not only that, he saved the universe with the final one. And then Cap, like he's lived his life. He's he's helped save the world, helped save the universe. And he, he got the chance to have the happy ending that he never thought he would. And he took- But motivated by Iron Man, though. That's yeah. why it's like... He took a page out of Iron Man. Like, he needed something to live. Because he essentially didn't really have anything to fight for anymore. Yeah. And I he mean, found it. Yeah, he could have got basically gone back to doing what he was doing before. And uh, there, there wasn't much point for him anymore. So, yeah, it was it was a wonderful... I love, I love that line. Are you going to tell me better? No, I don't think I will. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Just a great little line. Yeah. And then passing on the shield to to Sam. I just uh, I still don't know how I feel about that. I think I think we need to see what happens next. True. I so uh, you know me being the comic reader, I, like it's not Sam as a cap is all right. It's not a bad choice. It's just that I I just don't know how we we I really felt that like we were setting up Bucky as Cap. I but I, I also get this choice. Yeah, I, I had that kind of in the back of my mind because I knew that in the comics, Bucky had been Captain America at least once and that it was, uh, yeah, taking a, taking a betting term, like sort of Bucky's favorite to, to carry on. But I knew that the MCU has had moments of like, yeah, we're just kind of doing our own thing. And I, I did feel after thinking about it that, based solely on these films 
it made sense to me that Sam became the next Captain America. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, Bucky is, like, he is technically still the Winter Soldier. I mean, he's not brainwashed anymore and all of that, but, like, he's his own man. And uh, even in, uh, in, I think it was in Infinity War when, um, when Black Panther goes up to him and basically says, like, you know, we need the White Wolf for this. And it's... Yeah. That that's I think that's where they're going with Bucky if they continue down his storyline as well. So I think with that being set up for Bucky, the only person that it could have been was Sam. So I I can yeah. I can fully support it. I just will be interested to see what they do. I'm sure they'll handle it well. It's just how well it's going to be received at the end. So, uh, but yeah, and then of course the the very very final thing they. They ended the. They ultimately ended the film the <laughs> way it began, kind of, and with a hammer, <laughs> with, with the sound of that Mark One armor being created, and <laughs> yeah, it's just a wonderful bookend. And in case you haven't been able to glean from us talking about it, and we didn't talk about all of it, there's so much no, more in this film. <laughs> And yeah, we we didn't want to keep you captive for two hours while we while we went to You didn't? I thought we were. <laughs> I, I mean I could. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, to be honest, I just don't want to edit a two hour podcast. I uh, know, no. But uh, no, if before we close out, like um I thought we could just talk about like either like um where we think we're going next and then like uh, just a highlight or two about our favorite moments from the entire MCU series. Sure. I mean I, we know a little bit about some of the things that will be coming. We know that yeah. there's going to be a, um, a Black Widow film going back to, I think, the 50s. I, th- I think. Okay. Um, I had heard inklings that it was going to be a prequel, but which will now, after watching the movie, like, okay, it has to be a prequel because yeah. what else would you do? <laughs> so, but, uh, so I know they're, they're doing that now. I... I wonder if they're going to bother doing the the comic version of Black Widow in that she was given an altered version of the Super Soldier Serum, so she's actually like seventy years old. I hope young. not, because I, that story is stupid. And I like the idea that she's just uh, that she's not a she's not she's just another she's not meant to be another version of Cap, not no, time displaced person. I mean, it's like. Yeah, Hawkeye is just he is just an amazing like bowman and yeah. uh you know Natalie has just been an amazing pilot. It's just these two very, 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 very good at their job people working with these other superheroes and stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh I, I hope that they don't do that and that it is just like an ultimate origin story of Black Widow, which I think Probably wouldn't be in the 50s then if they're not doing that, but for some reason I thought I heard that. So we'll see. Um, um, the, I think the Vision and Wanda series will be that year where they're together. Uh, it's either going to be that, or I know that there's plans for effectively a what if. No, that's a, that's a different series. That is on the books, but it's going to be a cartoon version of the series where uh, the spin off realities that they created. 
Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One division. It'll be. It'll be interesting. I that one again. I heard more rumors that it's going to be them, but it's going to be them in like the eighties or the seventies. Like it's going to be. It's going to be them out of time, as it were. And I, I genuinely don't know what to think about that. Like I, I feel whatever they put out at this point. It's like you know what I'm. Anything else I get on top of this is just icing on the cake. Oh yeah, I mean, I will give them. I'll give all of these shows the benefit of the doubt. And when Disney Plus comes out, I will obviously get it. And then when the shows come out, I will watch them. And so I'll obviously only really be able to judge them then. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this going forward, and I'm fine with that. So, <laughs> all I know is that the Hawkeye show is going to introduce Kate Bishop, which I'm excited about, and then. In the movie, we got to see Cassie older, so I expect her to turn into stature. So, like, I see future Ant Man with his daughter in the shows going or in the movie going forward. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be fun. They're actually going to be able to take the characters that were introduced to let's say the cinema going public mm-hmm. in the past few years, and those are the ones that get to be built on, and then there'll be more relatively obscure comic book characters that can come forward. I know they're going to be doing the Eternals and Angelina yep. Jolie is gonna be one. <sighs> which alright. I don't know if that's a good casting choice. I've not read the comics for that, so I don't know The Eternals are weird. The fact that that in comics Thanos is an Eternal. Yeah, I, I knew that. Um but in the film they basically just made him a mad Titan so mm-hmm. like, all right. Um, yeah, I I know that's coming, and I know there's going to be at least uh, I, I can't remember if it was Kevin Feige he put out the number, but there's going to be at least twenty new ones. Like you've got this old stuff; it has reached the end of its run, and now the new stuff going forward, starting with Far From Home, is going to mm-hmm. be twenty more. Oh gosh. So like, it's just uh, my bets are on Galactus. He's the only thing <laughs> more epic. Well, I mean, Disney now owns X Men. They now own. They technically own Fantastic Four. And... Well, here's here's where my my guess is is that um, what they're gonna do is that in the wake of the of the snap and now that there's been one more epic battle, everyone's come back to Earth. Everyone's gonna be really really on edge because now you've had you have five years. You have people who have lived five years without half the population. And then you got the people who came back who's like, we came back to this whole world just messed up. So, like, everyone's going to be on edge. And what's going to start to happen is that now there's going to be they, – they're going to have a distrust of the superhero community. So – and that's going to establish, like, okay, we – the reason this whole thing happens is because we allowed people with powers to do this kind of stuff. And then it's going to scare everyone to think, what happens if my, my neighbor gets powers? And that's where the mutants come in. We're going to see that whole rise, and then we'll see the Fantastic Four come into that, and then we'll see the, whatever they build up to next. So that's my guess for how we integrate the mutants into this new universe, is that everyone's on edge, and that now their neighbors are superpowered, and how they come to deal with that. <laughs> well, I think it'll be interesting to see. Yes. And I, and I to be honest, I just want Deadpool to turn yeah. up. <laughs> I, I don't even he needs care. To be the he, new Stanley, new Stanley. Yeah, uh, yeah, in full Stanley, yeah, outfit <laughs> with the, with the glasses and the mustache. 
over his mask. Like it's just it's gonna <laughs> just be yeah. Like, he's going to be the cameo that's in everything now. I, Hopefully, yeah, I, I really do hope so. I, I, I a I just want yeah. I want Deadpool to be in these films because hell more Deadpool, uh, but <laughs> but also like all of those possibilities of yeah he's an R-rated character in a PG-13 film. Like he he knows he has to censor himself, so he's going to be funny figuring out ways of not saying the things he's supposed to say. And yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting. And I know they're going to get my money. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like I'm going to go poor now. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thank Disney. Thanks again. <laughs> Glad I could empty my wallet for you. Now have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Why don't you go first, then? What What are some of your favorite moments from across the MCU? The first Iron Man movie. <laughs> the uh, when he because uh, there was a callback with his, his daughter uh, with the burgers. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I love that scene when he like gets back and all he wants to do is eat a burger and talk to the press. Like some reason that scene just holds a lot of power to me just because like he's just that beaten up and yeah, he just like, all I want is a burger right now. <laughs> yeah. And just the wonderful as well. The, the happy line of just, I'm going to get you, you all, all the burgers you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, kind of difficult. I've been trying to think of what some of my favorite moments are. And, uh, I, I had to be honest, I think just my favorite moments across the MCU are just watching the characters interacting with each other, like after yeah. they've all been set up. So seeing the first Avengers where you get to see these these characters that have had their own film come together and watching that film unfurl. And it's one of the first examples of an ensemble film done right in this type of a genre. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, not to point fingers, but DC is really terrible at this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, they are. I even went to go see that new Shazam one, and I'm like, "Well, you're getting there, but you're not quite there." <laughs> um, but yeah, just, like just seeing the ensemble films, I think for me were were great because they were kind of like Endgame was the the culmination of these 22 other films is all of these Avengers films and the civil war and infinity war and Endgame. They're just the result of the buildup of the previous films. Yeah. And even though age of Ultron, I enjoyed it, but I admit it's uh, not one of the strongest. Uh, it's still, it's still fun to see all of these characters. Especially if you just watch Avengers age of Ultron Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Even just watching those, you can see these characters have progressed so much between each yeah. film. And it's, it's just fun to see, wow, like the amount of growth that has happened. And you can see the film where the growth happens in, or you can just see these big culmination films, and you can still follow the storyline. You still get mm-hmm. what's going on in each of them. So it's just, it's something that can only have happened with this crew of people that just so gets it and so wants to put across the best story well, ever. 
I it's a kudos to like at the time when they really when they released the first Iron Man because essentially Marvel we gotta think back like years and years ago they put the the power juggernaut that is Disney now was not that when the first Iron Man movie came out they were so strapped for property ideas Iron Man was like their only idea that they had because they didn't have Spider Man didn't have that Disney bought all these characters like okay well we're gonna have to do something different. Because we can't use the big names like X-Men and Spider-Man. Who do we start with? And they took a gutsy move. They're like, let's start with Iron Man. You know, it took some creative vision, like you've been saying, like creative vision and hard to say, let's try this. Yeah. Man. And, you know, just from that and, you know, casting Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. At a time sure. when you don't cast Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, just... I think that plays into the success of these movies. They did pick, you know, not high-end actors. Like, what do you see happening with the Justice League movie when you got um, Ben Affleck? Now, let me, let's be clear. Ben Affleck was a really cool Batman, but he was too big of an actor to be Batman. Yeah. Yeah, and he... I think Ben Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne. Yes. Kind of, kind of the same thing I had where Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker. And mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, but they weren't that great at the other. And sure. he, and then you get Tom Holland that's just Tom Holland, like hell. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's uh, it's been so much fun to watch all of these actors just start out in their roles and just come to this. Like, it's just that the the <laughs> amount that. The actors have grown, the characters have grown, and to see the amount of love that everyone has now for that yeah. series and those people—it's just, I'm, I'm so glad I got to watch this like, as it yeah. progressed. <laughs> no, I think the thing that for me, I love the fact that this, this has shown for me. Like, I got into comics probably after like Iron Man, but like not before. Like the com- the, the comic book movie thing was like becoming a hit to see how comics have become like the comic culture is now an accepted culture yeah. it is uh, much like the game of thrones to use a parody or an example but um to see comics have reached such a high point in the media like it took video games forever to get integrated into society we're like yeah if you play video games you're not weird but now it's like if you like comics yeah why not these things are amazing so for me as a comic fan just to see this change in the culture for that alone is like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, and yeah, kind of the same with like how D and D is becoming more mm-hmm. mainstream, shall we say? It's like it, it's so fun for me to see that all of these things that were considered geeky or nerdy and stuff like all of the stuff that came from comic books, which is something that little kids would have in their bedrooms. Like, no, this is something that's been it's been around for decades at this point. It's been dealing with issues that other people just won't touch because they're able to. Because people mm-hmm. see these things as, oh, it's just you know pictures on a page. They were able to put undertones of like real social issues that other people weren't touching. And especially now, it's good to go back and see that because you've got the characters that are fighting for what's right and genuine equality and like you know 
justice in the world at at a time when <laughs> you know we we're getting closer to it, but we're still we're not quite there yet. So it's uh, it's something that uh, people are still aspiring to, and now it's now it's at the forefront. So now we get to see these new iterations of these characters and you know cinematic takes on them, and and we're finally getting people that are knowing how to do a comic book film. I mean, more than anything else, Endgame feels like a comic book. Yeah. Like it, it just feels like those big issues you get where it is, you know, the Infinity War series. Like, you know, th- this feels just like those big, big comic books where they have everyone come together. Like, <laughs> it, it, just, it just works. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, with I don't think there's much else we can say unless we want to nope. just uh, go back and... Talk about it some more. So. Go go find a screen with the biggest audio and the, the biggest screen possible and just go to town with this movie. Yeah, just watch it again and again. And, uh, yes. yes as, as I will be doing tomorrow. So. <laughs> I will next week. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, with all of that being said, then, so I've been Paul. I've been Pat. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.